0: Oh, yes. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the paid search podcast. Two guys just holding it all together here. Yep. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, I'm joined by the steady, solid, totally fine. No problems here. Chris Schaefer.
1: That's right. That's my first problem you have is your shirt. It's got like Cats and a moon. I wore this for you. I actually pulled it out of my closet and I was like, Jason will hate this Mm. shirt. I'm going to wear it.
0: (laughs) You know what it says? It says like Gen Xer who never really knew where he fit in when he was a kid. Like, is he a jock? Is he a nerd? Mm -hmm. He's like not that into
1: team sports, Mm -hmm. but he's not that bright at school. Uh, wow. <laughs> so. that's you, you read it. You read it exactly right. Like he doesn't want <laughs> to like go to a school, farm, but he doesn't like yeah. the
0: farm. And, <laughs> but like at the same time, he doesn't like a big city, but uh, it all worked out in the end. So Chris, I want to thank Directive Consulting for sponsoring today's episode. You deserve more. Directive Consulting is a great search engine marketing agency that helps B2B and enterprise clients who need to get more leads from search engine marketing and needs to get better leads from search engine marketing. They can help you do it pay-per-click, SEO, content, landing pages. They do it all. They've got some great case studies on their website. If you have a B2B or enterprise campaign out there and you want to get more leads and better leads, we recommend you go to directiveconsulting.com and get a
1: custom proposal. And I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Optio. Optio is an online tool to help you with your Google Ads campaign. And get this, there is a specific tab that I find more valuable than the recommendations that come in the vanilla Google Ads system. Optio has their own recommendations system where you can pick a specific improvement to add to your campaign. So for example, if you want to add a frequency cap. Okay, you think, well, uh, I don't really know. Should I add a frequency cap? Well, it gives you the data to know how many times users have seen your display ads. And you can say, well, this is an acceptable number. It's not acceptable. You can add a frequency cap just by clicking the button. Easy as that, easy as it could be. If you want to try it out, you can give it a try at optio.comslash PSP. You get an extended six week trial. Just ask them for that special paid search podcast incentive that they're giving people, and you can try it out for in a, a full six weeks. Great tool. Jason and I both use it. Highly recommend optio.com, O-P-T-E-O.com slash PSP. Thank
0: you, Chris. And uh, let's start off with uh, an iTunes review to get things going on this 144th episode of the paid search podcast. So today's iTunes review comes from JP2 and he said, Veru Helpful Show. Um, Five stars. (laughs) I'm just reading what I see, Chris. V-E-R-U. (laughs) Veru Helpful Show. And JP2 said, Chris and Jason break down AdWords in a remarkable way for all to understand. The Weekly Episode Bank provides a thorough teaching library and keeps listeners up to date. Well, thank you for that review. And yes, Chris, we keep the last 30 episodes out there. And if you want to go back in time and listen to the first hundred or so episodes are available at our website, paidsearchpodcast.com on the archive page. And we recently put out, uh, we had them in 20 episode chunks. We still have those. And you can now also get the first hundred episodes uh, all in one bulk purchase. And uh, they're great training tools for agencies who are training new search engine marketing employees. So Chris, Let's give everyone an update on today's episode. We're going to put a pause on the landing pages talk for the nursing home. We're going to get to that in the future. But for now, we're going to call the nursing home campaign built. And we have our content, the keyword sheet, the ad group sheet, the ad sheet, the training videos we made. They're all available at paidsearchpodcast.com slash nursing home. One word paidsearchpodcast.com slash nursing home one word and uh, we'll also link to the videos there and you can see the videos on our YouTube channel and uh, you guys can go through that and combine that with what you listened to over the last few episodes and uh, we hope it uh, is uh, informative and entertaining. So Chris, today we are going to get back to questions and answers. We've done this in the past and now what we're going to do is sometimes when we get a huge uh, backlog of questions, voicemails and Um, written questions, we're going to uh, put them in episodes and have a big Q&A episode. So that's what we're doing today. But first, we have some news, and I would like my (coughs) news person to make the jingle.
1: Ding, 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 ding,
0: ding, ding. Chris, we are cutting the budget here at this news channel, and you are not only the sound effects Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. robot, but you are also the newscaster. So why don't you tell us what's going on? Oh,
1: yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as... I mentioned with from our sponsor Optio, I had mentioned frequency cap. And what we have today is some special news to share. This isn't necessarily brand new, but uh, this is the kind of thing that can be new to you. Something that is buried in the columns. So when you are on your campaign view, you're looking at your campaign view, go to the columns, customize your columns and look in the reach metrics category, and you can choose an option to see the average impression per user. you think, well, why is that useful? It's useful for display campaigns. And here's the thing. Jason and I have often debated and had heated discussions, which I enjoy having about how heavy your Bidding should be for remarketing. We've had screenshots sent to us from people who have seen entire pages full of our faces in our podcast name, and they think, is this a little too much? Maybe it was, but we didn't really know for sure. And Jason and I were were both kind of debating, and there was no solid answer. And the solution is check your average impression frequency per user for your display campaigns. And you think, should I bid $20 per impression or per click? For my display, well, that may or may not be too much. And you can find that out. Are you hitting four impressions per user? Okay, in that case, it's too much. Bring your bids down. But if you're only doing 1.1 impression per user, you have a little room to possibly come up because people are only seeing your ads on average one time. It might be worth a remarketing campaign to bring your bids up to $3, $4 so they can see them maybe two or three times. Um, so, super helpful news Jason brought to my attention last week, and I've been using it this week, and I wanted to be sure and share it with you guys. I think it's a great tip, and if you want an additional cool little tip about display and video, stick around for the end of this episode where I'm going to ask Jason a special trivia question around this topic, and you'll learn even a little bit more. But first... I think you're about to get just a dump truck full of information because we're about to go through as thoroughly and quickly as we can a bunch of these questions that have been sitting around in our inboxes and we wanted to get to them, but we just haven't. And so today is the day. If you have sent in a question or filled out the form on our our website, the contact page on our website, or you called our voicemail line, uh, US number 214810, one, three, five, five. If you have called that and left a voicemail, we have listened and I've converted your voicemail into text and we're going to read it. And we're going to go through all the voicemails, all the forms, get through as many of these as possible. So if you enjoy this, send in your question, because I think we'll be doing this again. We might do this next week. We might do it the week after. I'm not sure, but send in those questions because we are still reading them. We will still answer them. And we appreciate your patience on that.
0: Yeah, call in, send in your questions, and uh, we'll get through it. So, Chris, let's put on our speedos. Let's put on our skull caps. Oh wow! Let's put on our goggles. Let's take off our shirts. Oh, we okay? And let's jump in this swimming pool of Google Ads questions and answers. Okay. Wow. Very butterfly stroke or backstroke? Which one were you?
1: Uh, butterfly. Backstroke is. I usually get water in my ears and in my nose. You know, I don't like
0: that. <laughs> You're thick crossfit thighs just float up (laughs) and your body just goes backwards. Chris, you ever like jump in the pool and do a pool workout after crossfit
1: no i don't have a pool i mean how rich do you think i am who has pools no i need another 20 30 years of wealth building before i can afford a freaking pool i mean come on i'm still young okay Uh.
0: (laughs) they also have shared pools. no i don't know i'm not gonna pay Um, for someone
1: else's pool and then swim in your urine that's disgusting okay let's let's go
0: Some people would pay to do that. So, Chris, um, NFP from Australia. Question about Google Grants. How can you use search campaigns for brand awareness in Google Grants? Because you can't do display with Google Grants uh, to reach a broader audience. So, Chris, problem I run into very often with Google Grants. I think they cap the bids at $2. You can only do search. They've put restrictions on your broad keywords, like you can't have one word broad keywords or something like that. If a client comes to you and they need to grow their awareness with Google Grants campaign where you get ten thousand dollars up to ten thousand dollars a month of free money, free advertising from Google for your nonprofit, uh, how are you going to do that with just the search campaign?
1: I'll tell you nowadays it really, really depends on your industry on whether you're going to be able to use a hundred dollars. or $10,000 of that Google grant money. Five, six years ago, it was pretty easy. We didn't have click-through rate minimums. We didn't have keyword issues where this this one keyword was too broad and they wouldn't allow it. You could basically just put anything in there that was remotely related and get clicks, you know, brand awareness using search. But nowadays with the click-through rate minimum, the keyword requirements... And all that kind of stuff. And even conversion requirements as well uh, for some campaigns. It's, It's difficult. And I'll tell you, the news is basically, when it comes down to it, if you're not selling something or doing something that fits into a highly searched category, if you're just trying to garner donations or traffic to a certain industry that you're trying to get people aware of a movement or a ministry or something like that, in the end... Um, I don't have a whole lot of hope. I'll tell you the truth. Uh, I no longer accept grant campaign management because it's become such a wow. difficult uh, arena to work in. I mean, I, I tried working uh, with them over the past few years and it's just gotten harder and harder. And in the end, it's not something I enjoy doing. So I would say if you're having trouble spending money, it just comes down to, you know, you're going to have to be as creative as you can. But there's a point when you've just hit the ceiling. You just can't do it anymore.
0: I agree, Chris. There's a lot of things, a lot of problems you can run into. And if you can't make it work, I would not be surprised. We've had plenty of Google grant campaigns that we just can't make work that well and can't spend more than basically a hundred dollars a month. My only tip is location is a big thing. So you can always try expanding your location very wide because it is not real money. It's grant money and, and there's no harm for you for expanding your location. So try that. And then if you're trying to sell a nonprofit on Google ads, Use it as like a step in the door, like tell them, Hey, this is what it's for, but there are restrictions. If you really do want to do some brand awareness, it's not that expensive to run a display campaign and you can get a lot of bang for your buck. So as an agency selling tip, uh, you can get
1: your foot in the door. All right. So next we have Dave from gig Harbor in Washington. And by, by the way, every one of these places, just beautiful. I didn't mention it. I've gone through all these just beautiful places. Um, he has a question about Google Beacon. And I'm glad I'm asking this question to you, Jason, because this is a tough one. I hope you've read up on it. <laughs> okay. Dave wants to know, is there a way to use Google Beacon to track those who search and then come into your store? He basically wants to know, is there some type of hidden conversion method? Uh, is there some kind of way? Because you know, when you have a brick and mortar store, a lot of times there's a gap between the click and coming into the front door. How does Google Beacon work? Does it work that way? Is there any hope for Dave? Okay, yeah, so um, this is Jason, and uh, the answer, Dave, is basically there is no conversion methodology between the Bluetooth uh, Beacon tool that Google will give out to locations and uh, your Google Ads. The truth is... uh, The way Google Ads works with conversion tracking is it requires a cookie, and there's no transfer of cookie data with Bluetooth data. This needs to be an online device-level, browser-level process, and that cannot be transferred from Bluetooth to cookie to device to AdWords. There's no complement between those. So in the end... The bad news is no, the beacon is mainly for purposes beyond tracking. It's just an additional tool that Google gives out for them to gather data and for you to get some data as well. But uh, in the end, it's not something that you can use for that purpose.
0: Okay. Thank you, Chris. And the next question comes from Scott in Dubuque, Iowa. And the question is about a day in the life of a PPC manager. So, Scott wants to know, do you guys have a set schedule? Do you vary your task? Do you give yourself a break from the computer? How do you de-stress? Chris, uh, why don't you tell us what uh, your, I guess, day-to-day is like? What's your schedule like? And
1: and then I'll share mine. Yeah. So, Scott, I appreciate the question. It's kind of a break from the normal. You know, I always love, to- love talking about myself the best topic ever, but basically my management schedule is absolutely set. I have certain things that I do. I have a repeating schedule that will show certain clients to check on certain days, repeating daily and weekly tasks. That's absolutely something that's a necessity that I did not learn until much later in my process, whenever I would randomly check an account and say, Oh wow, this has been dead for three weeks and I didn't even check it. So yes, absolutely. Um, I do vary my tasks. Uh, I put priority on some things and other things are lower priority. So my tasks will check priority first and lower priority. So priority might be checking that brand new account that I just launched You know, yesterday morning, or uh, it might be checking emails and replying to some hot emails that that really need attention. So absolutely, things go up and down. And as far as your question about giving yourself a break from the computer, I have recently addressed this. Right now, I am standing at my standing desk that I've changed to, and it's actually a up and down desk where I can push a button. You're standing up right now? Yeah, I am. Yeah, my torso is not... Shut up. So are you. Jason is (laughs) as well. You're actually (laughs)
0: vertical standing up right now.
1: (laughs) Yes, you know I am. I've been moving. Okay, Jason's trying to be funny, but I have a a desk that really has helped me to be much healthier and working because when you are tied to a desk doing Google AdWords management, you can easily be there for eight hours and not realize it. So I have a standing desk that will go up and down and it helps me to sit when I want to sit and stand when I want to stand and I rotate that, so... Thanks for the question. Jason, I know you absolutely are the king of uh, uh, effectiveness and efficiency. Let me say that. What about you? Any comments?
0: Yeah, Chris, I'm looking for the brand of this desk because I, I bought this desk on your recommendation. Oh, it's uh, it's Uplift. Oh, wait a second. No, I did not. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I did not. Oh, well, dang it. I, here's, here's what I did. I went to like a local uh, Office Depot or Max or something like that and bought the same kind of desk. But uh, it's nice because it's not – Chris and I don't do those little – put a desk on top of a desk and then manually lift it to stand up. It's an actual desk that goes up and down with a button. And what's your brand,
1: Chris? Uplift Desks. It's a company out of Austin. I've used them for chairs and they have other things they sell too, but uh, it's great. It's customizable, really good stuff. And when it comes down to it, when you have, when you're an AdWords manager, you only have a few tools. It's like your computer, a phone, a desk. So when it comes down to it, these are some of my most critical things. That's where I put all my money everything else is, you know, basically no cost. So, uh, but, yeah. uh, anyway,
0: but, uh, yeah, for me, Chris, I, am the same way. I, I do have a management checklist and we follow that each week. I think that's the biggest piece of advice for AdWords managers out there, have a checklist with all your clients and all their m- routine tasks you'd like to do on them. I try to get my, my most important, stuff done early in the day that's when i have the most energy and then the more routine stuff i do in the afternoon um in terms of getting up uh chris i don't know if there's anything to this but i had heard someone said that the average time someone can kind of like mentally pay attention to a task is 50 minutes 50 and then you need a break so i like setting a 50 minute timer on my phone And I just get up every 50 minutes, 5.0, and and take a walk. And that helps me not just sit there for hours and hours and get unfocused. Um, And the only thing I've changed recently, Chris, is I have started using the great tool Optimizer to send daily reports to me um, so I can check the search terms and the performance of accounts for the previous day. I don't know. I just have liked staying on top of things with that very granular daily basis Um, that's been one change so the mindset has been instead of going to get the data quite a bit have the data come to you so that's one change I've made recently and uh, I like I like doing that so that's kind of what my day-to-day looks like and then it's always good I would recommend break it up with some fun stuff like we do this podcast once a week we record on Thursdays and it really does break up the week and gives you uh, something to look forward to and and uh, separates the day-to-day so that's what I do Chris The next question comes from Mike from Denver, and the question is about conversion tracking. So how do I manage a campaign where I get my conversion data outside of AdWords after the click? Uh, Should I just bid on keyword categories? So Chris, I think Mike is in a situation where he's getting conversion data outside of AdWords and it's not getting back into AdWords. So how should he manage his account?
1: Yeah. So, Mike, I I totally understand what you're, what you're talking about here. You don't have conversion data directly associated with your keywords. Two thoughts. Number one, I have a lot of accounts that I work with that just don't get conversion data. They can't, you know, it happens outside. It's a lead generation tool and, you know, the booking system they use can't get that information or there's a lot of reasons. So, number one is you just, base your management on what you consider to be valuable and you optimize as best you can on those parameters. Option number two is there are some other data sources or CRMs that you can import. It requires editing your website code to capture Google click IDs. So what you have to do is you go to the conversions screen, click the little plus button to create a new conversion and then over on the right, there's an import button. This is where you usually go if you want to import analytics or some third party app or something like that. Salesforce is there too. The very last one is track conversion from clicks. And this is a way where uh, you can set up your website to capture those click IDs. You can then import that data in a CSV file back into Google ads. And in the end, you get conversion data after the fact. It's actually not tracked, you know, so uh, if there's some kind of issue, that's usually the best way to get after the fact outside conversion data and not just have to rely on bidding on categories that seem to be doing better for the keywords that you are bringing in.
0: Yeah, Mike, um, I don't know a situation where you would not be able to get conversion data as long as it's lead gen back into AdWords. There are ways, my friend. Uh, So I would go to Google Ads Help, and the page you're looking for is Track Offline Conversions. And it gives you tons of different scenarios where you're getting different offline conversions and how to get those back into Google Ads. So I recommend looking up Track Offline Conversions in Google Ads Help. I've done that recently, and it's been a game changer. So there are ways to get it back in there. It takes a lot of work to figure it out. Uh, But once you figure it out, it it works smooth. But if you're not able to get there, like Chris said, you just have to go on other metrics, like look at your search terms, make sure those are good. And then one other thing you can do is you can link to Google Analytics. You can go into Google Analytics. You can go into your campaign area. You can look at search queries, which are search terms. And you can kind of see like, oh, this search term is getting a ton of traffic, but has a horrible bounce rate. Or this search term has a very low bounce rate and tons of time on site and they are viewing the contact page or whatever. So you can set up a goal of like viewing the contact page and that can give you like a soft conversion or you can say like, okay, if this user spends more than four minutes on the site, call it a conversion. But in your own mind, you can call that a soft conversion. So we have a great episode, uh, Google Analytics and Google Ads. Um, It's one of the last... 30 or 40. So you can look that up and that gives you a ton of information about how to judge AdWords performance with Google Analytics data.
1: All right, next question comes from David. David has a question about account quality score. David, I listened to your to your voicemail and I appreciate you calling in. David has a, an extensive history in Google Ads, been working in it for a long time. So he has the big question here, the question that we know other managers really think about the stuff like, poor account quality scores. So he says, does account quality score affect performance? And if so, how do you recover from it? So to kind of frame the question, basically what he's wondering is, uh, how much can it affect and what do you do if it is basically killing your campaign?
0: You're asking me about account quality score, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, you're up. I don't know. I, you, I've got no, I've can't. got nothing
1: to say about the
0: topic. I, I, I was just on Google Ads Support, right? Just on Google Ad Support, right? uh-huh. Google, Ad support mm-hmm. Google Ad's help, and I typed in there. I searched account quality score. Right. It, there's nothing about it. It doesn't exist. It. You're right. There's people's questions about it. Now, well, I have been an optimizer, and they do give you an account quality score, which comes from the API, mm-hmm. but it's not something I ever look at. So if you think there's something wrong with your account quality score— I guess the only thing you can do, it's very easy to make a new Google ads account. Yeah, so you if you're worried about that, make a new Google ads account and maybe you can leave the old one pause, try the new one, see if it performs better for you. But I've never been in a situation where I thought like an account quality score was holding me back. And it's not a metric they give us outside of the API. So it's not something I focus on. Chris, do you, have you ever been worried your account quality score is bad? Well, like, what do you think it can hold you back? Because I know like okay, accounts have been around forever and they perform better. There's that theory out there. But I think that's more like based on keyword history and keyword running. But but I know it's
1: kind of a thing, but when's the last time you said like my account quality score is bad? Well, here's the thing. You're right. If you ask, you know, Google rep or you look it up, I mean, there's nothing official. And there's nowhere in your AdWords campaign that you can get an official account historical quality score number or anything like that. So it's it's a fictional number, but I do think... That outside the API. Outside the... Yeah, uh, yeah, right. But that API isn't documented. That information is not documented about what that actually is, that account quality score. It's not officially documented in, uh, okay. in Google because it's not a column. Sure. If it was a column, you'd be able to hover over that little question button and it would tell you what that is, but there's no column for it. What that actually means? Yeah, yeah. what that actually means. So... Here's the thing, and we've talked about this before, some of the most beautiful accounts I've ever worked on are accounts that have been around 10, sometimes 15 years, and they're getting pennies on the dollar for clicks that cost other accounts, you know, three, four, five, six. Okay,
0: hold on. We can't give people the wrong, really pennies on the dollar, or it just performs better and it's like... Fifty cents on the dollar, pennies on the dollar. I
1: said, "Well, pennies." Okay, well, I used the wrong phrasing. Let me say this. I'm just, I'm just if pushing someone, back. I mean, because yeah.
0: th- this is such a hyped thing. No, that it like, is. People are going to think, "Oh, if I do that, then my moving keywords that cost fifteen dollars in one account are going to cost fifteen cents in the other well, account." It,
1: okay, so if a typical keyword costs a dollar for a brand new advertiser. Someone with a super long history, high account quality score, if such a thing exists, will pay pennies for that $1. But if a normal thing costs $5, $6, then they might only pay $0.20 for something like that, $0.30 for something like that. I absolutely see that. I've worked and consulted on and done training on campaigns that are super competitive and I'm just floored. I'm like, I'm, it's like I'm looking at a, a unicorn whenever I see it. I'm like, I keep talking right, because to it
0: was Right, because it was a pure broad match keyword. Yeah. And, and they're, no, 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 because you're, you, oh, because no, you're no, no, looking not that. at broad match keywords compared to exact match keywords. No, yeah, no, that's no, what's no, 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 no. Dude, good. you sound like a voodoo guy. I'm like, telling what, what you, it like, exists. Like, you want me to sell you on your passive income thing today? Like, <laughs> it exists. What, what are you talking about, It dude? exists. It's Why out are there. you not running YouTube videos, like, showing me, like, advertising <laughs> for oh, this? Oh, gosh. Get in the Chris Schaefer program, and I'll get oh, you pennies man. on the dollar. Well, because the thing are is, you, serious? you
1: shouldn't be focused on this. If you don't have it, then don't worry about it. It's none of your business. I'm I'm just talking okay, about. Now you make me want it more. What are you doing to me? <laughs> now I'm like? just making. Are a, you serious? You've seen this? Yes, I have. I'm t- absolutely serious. I can't talk <laughs> about. I mean, I'm not going to talk about it on the air because uh, you know I'd sign NDAs and stuff to not talk. But yes, absolutely, yeah. they exist. They don't happen often, but when I see them, and I've said on the show before, if you have one of these treat them like a treasure because they are so just rare but here's the thing if something like that exists and i've seen the exact opposite where campaigns no matter how good of a campaign i build i keep getting low quality score issues the ads don't show ad rank is horrible it's just trash so in reality david what i think is jason was right build a new account, start a whole new account, maybe even a new domain because uh, sometimes, you know, somebody has trashed a campaign so bad. They have done years and years of poor quality score management and, and it's just trashed the entire domain quality score. Yeah. Who knows scammy, scammy digital marketing. So other kinds of marketing. Yeah. I mean, if it's so severe and the client's willing to do it, maybe you change domains and you change accounts and you start fresh. That, absolutely could help. But I would only say in extreme cases, when you can see a campaign and they have some horror story of, yeah, we paid an agency for five years to do this and everything has one quality score and you know they spent tons of money and it. They have policy issues. There's all kinds of things wrong with it. That's the case I'm not t- I'm talking about. I'm not talking about if you suck at AdWords and you can't seem to get a conversion. So you, s- you set up a new account because you think it's going to work for you. No, if you suck at AdWords, you're still going to suck with a new account.
0: Yeah. And David, I, I would just say, uh, if you're worried about the account quality score or that domain, get a new domain or start a new AdWords account and see if it performs better. Um, and so that's how I would answer that question. But Chris, I want to go back to pennies on the dollar. Chris, pennies on the dollar, Schaefer, as they call you now. <laughs> All right, Chris. He's so upset. I just want to throw this out to the listeners. Like if anybody has a pennies on the dollar example. Do it. Please send it in. Do it. Because I do, yes, I have very long-running Google Ads accounts that over the years have gotten a ton of volume, spent a ton of money. They do great. And it does seem like they run a little smoother. It's easier to get better performance with them. But I don't see pennies on the dollar. I see maybe like, I would guess like maybe a 30% difference Mm -hmm. or 35% or, but penny, like the idea of paying for a moving company, click movers, Oklahoma city that costs you $1 and it's $15 for everybody Mm -hmm. else. Like Mm -hmm.
1: I often, (laughs) yeah, I often find it most commonly on e-commerce. I mean, I'll give you a little more. Like I often find it on e-commerce. It's not typically lead generation. It's usually e-commerce, highly crowded markets that are doing some kind of, uh, you know, like medical thing, something that would typically be expensive and they're paying like 75 cents, 60 cents, 50 cents, where other people might be paying five, six dollars for something like that. And they're,
0: well, that's 10 pennies on a dollar. That's 10 to one. But are you sure they're not just, it's not just high volume campaigns and they're just bidding lower? I don't know. All right,
1: moving on. So, If anyone else has a penny, send it, send it in, blur out the stuff you don't want people to see so we can get Jason for like a full episode, just drooling over it. You know what I love about
0: this (laughs) is like, you cannot tell me what other evidence you have of this. Like you can't tell me. So yeah, I'm hiding behind my my
1: NDA wall. I'm hiding behind my secretive NDA wall. I'm just saying like,
0: it's obvious you can like, you can probably combat this argument a little stronger than. Oh, uh, just trust me. Five dollars, one dollar, just trust me. <laughs> trust me. Like it's it, it seems like you have a little more evidence of that, but I love that you can't even say anything. No, so I, can't. I don't know, man. Like I've had campaigns where maybe someone was paying a super high cost per click and then the volume's high, so we lower the bids and get away with the lower cost per click because we lowered the bids. Uh-huh. I don't know if it was some magic fairy tale unicorn thing that came into the account and said oh we're gonna bless your adwords <laughs> account with the magic pennies <laughs> on the dollar oh, dust. Man. and now you'll pay okay. pennies we on got the questions to, to
1: get through better. jason we can yell about this afterwards so
0: go ahead all right so next question comes from doug from miami question about <laughs> google local service ads with all the new categories for google local service ads what do you plan on doing for your clients? How can we adapt? And then Chris was nice enough in our little production sheet to tell me all the different kind of clients I have that are going to be getting this <laughs> lead generation local <laughs> service thing in the near future. So Chris, I'll give you my take, and then uh, you can give me your take. So short term, I'm just in denial. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I stay in my lane. I focus on Google Ads. I don't care. It's not my business. I have moving company clients that are in markets with this lead gen thing. If they want to go do the local service ads, they can go do it. There's not really anything you can do besides sign up. So there's not a big way for me to help them. And then guess what? Google ads still get clicked on and I still run their campaigns and they get good results from those. So that's my strategy that's my business strategy right now chris be in denial how's that for a great business plan be in denial and just focus on running google ads campaigns where we can run them and uh, that's what i'm doing chris
1: anything different on your side yeah in this post google local ads world that we're in now where it's rolling out pretty much everywhere uh for certain industries It's not as bad as I thought it would be. Uh, Some companies are still just sticking it out and saying, you know what, I don't want to do the local service ads or I'm doing that in addition to my Google ads. So a lot of people, they just don't care. They want to be able to control their messaging. They want to be able to control their, their spending, their keywords, their targeting, all that kind of stuff you can't necessarily do with the Google local ads. So as far as what you can do to adapt, how you can roll with the punches here, basically keep doing and pushing what value you offer as an AdWords manager. You're not an algorithm. You're not a form that has to be filled out in order to get clicks. You are a personal manager of an AdWords advertising campaign, and you can make decisions on ad copy, and you can make uh, quick changes. You're very versatile on your ability to change something based on the shifting weather or, um, you know, when it changes from spring to summer or from winter to spring, you can shift those, the ad copy, you can change the landing page. These are things that can't be done with an automated system like Google local ads. So in the end, I haven't changed anything. I have a bit of a disdain in my voice whenever someone calls me about a HVAC client and I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know if I really want that client. You know, as it's, it's a tough world nowadays and I take less of them. But in the end, you know what they say, when there's a door closed, there's a window that gets open and, you know, I have room for other clients that I might want to work with. And Mm. those companies have to do something. Sometimes those companies push through and they say, you know what, I'm just going to do it. There's only like two spots on Google ads right now for an ad. And I'm going to be one of those spots and I'm going to pay twice as much per click, but I'm going to do it. And they do it and you manage it. And that's how it works. So thanks for your question, Doug.
0: Yeah, next question comes from Tino from Atlanta, ATL. Question about a campaign that stops working. Do you ever have a campaign that is doing well uh, and then it goes bad? Do you consider just scrapping it and starting over? Chris, I thought I had written a blog post or something about this. So I had just Googled what to do when a good Google Ads campaign goes bad. And it turns out we did a whole podcast episode. (laughs) with the title, <laughs> What to Do yeah. When a Good Google Ads Campaign Goes Bad. It's episode 129 for everyone out there. And I just, I'm going to read this description here, the show notes. Hi, y'all. Welcome back to the Paid Search Podcast. Have you ever been running a Google Ads campaign that just all of a sudden started having performance issue and you don't even think it was anything you did? This is what we call a good campaign going bad. It happens to everyone, but there are things you can do to turn it back around. In this episode, we cover common reasons why good campaigns goes bad all of a sudden and what you can do to fix it. So, Chris, um, at the moment, I don't remember what we talked about because I'm (laughs) I'm just working a little slow today. But, um, Tino, I would recommend listening to episode number 129. And I think the point of the episode, Chris, was we give specific Specific, examples of what can cause a good campaign to go bad. And then I think that's the main message. Understand why a good campaign can go bad, rule out those items one by one, and then you're probably going to find the thing that's causing it and then reverse that. So we go over specifics in that episode, Chris, but my my piece of advice would be listen to that episode and then we give specifics on why a good campaign would go bad and see if any of those specific things is happening to you. Uh, Chris, do you have anything on top of that or, or would you say just figure out what the specifics are in that episode and then checklist your campaign.
1: Yeah. I think if we devoted a whole episode to it, it's probably going to cover it all. So thanks for your uh, question, Tino. Check out that old stuff and uh, let me know if you have any other questions. Jenny from Cincinnati, question about new agency managers. So Jenny asks, is there a good way to compare how a new ad agency is handling your PPC versus an old agency, mm. specifically talking about auto dealerships. So I was the one who went through all the questions. And to rephrase the question a bit, what she's having an issue with is, you know, she's handling other companies that get interfacing with uh, new agencies, you know, have different agencies with this one and different agents. They can make their own choices about agent what agency they're going to work with. And they don't know how to judge the success. So any... Broad picture, big picture points on this, Jason, on how she can address someone comparing and contrasting with what they were doing before.
0: Is their name Jason Rothman? And if it's not, oh, gosh, they're probably not doing a good job. <laughs> uh. Man, Chris, uh, let me think about this one for a second. I mean, what what do we always talk about? Like search terms? I would just be looking at search terms. I uh, would be looking at conversion rates, cost per conversion, um, and conversions. Chris is shaking his head no. New versus old. I mean, what what else can you look at besides search terms well, and, see, and conversions,
1: see, I, Chris? I think you're answering the question in a way of someone that wouldn't understand it at their knowledge level. Because Jenny's talking to people that may not understand the difference between an impression and a conversion. My answer would be this. Basically, you could answer these questions pretty easily. Do they allow you access to your campaign? Are they building it in their own account that you can't see? Are they locking you under a one-year contract and after the first month or two, they don't answer your emails or respond as much? Um, Are they proactive about asking questions about the quality of leads that you're getting or the type of clicks that they're seeing? Are Are they sending any feedback when you have concerns about ad copy or you know, a lack of you seeing your own ads? Are they, are they mentioning and and educating you about what search impression share is or things like that? That's what I would say stuff that you can relate to on a layman basis, because in my world, the way I work, if a client's not comfortable with understanding what their AdWords is doing, they certainly can't interpret if it's performing well or not, because they don't even know what questions to ask. I think we're saying the same thing. I'm just saying it a little bit different. I'm saying it super smartly, So the difference. I'm saying it like a, like a tiger. That's the difference.
0: Thank you. <laughs> I, I would say if they haven't talked to you about search terms or the kinds of conversions you're getting, that, that's a red flag. Like you don't want these autopilot drone managers that are like, well, we le- we like our CPC, we like our CTR, we like our conversion rate. Well, what's behind the conversion? Are you just getting like, BS conversions because the pop-up form on the site is so good, it's just going to get anybody or these people who are actually ready to buy a car. Um, and then talking with them about the search terms, like let's look at the search terms. What are people actually typing in Google when they click on our ad? Either they're getting it or they're not. But I would say from the business owner perspective or the uh, business employee perspective, you got to look at search terms. Like search terms are very important. And are they bringing in the kind of searches that you think are actually going to uh, lead to people purchasing vehicles at your dealership? So uh, a healthy conversation about search
1: terms and making sure they get it uh, is what I would be looking at. Micaiah from Rochester, New York, has a question about finding new keywords and adding them. Jason, this one's for you. What's the best way to find new keywords? Should I use a broad match keyword and then see what converts and add those as exact and phrase in a new campaign? What's your current go-to process, Jason? What do you, the average Jason Rothman, do nowadays? (laughs) I couldn't say great, because great's me, You're average. (laughs) Wow, that that
0: shot taking right there is just a sign of your own insecurity. So, Micaiah, let me uh, let me tell you how the big big daddy is finding keywords these days. So there's basically two methods. One is using Google search. I go to Google search. I look at suggested searches and then I look at searches related to at the bottom of the search results, that blue area where they give you related searches that's all I do. That's 90% of how I find new keywords. I look at the client's website. I search those kind of services, the stuff I see on their website in Google, and then I look for new keywords from Google. The other way I do it is pure broad match keywords, Chris. Um, unfortunately for myself, but fortunately for the clients, we don't get to run pure broad match keywords on every campaign. But on some of them we do because it makes sense for some clients, a- including myself. I'm actually running a pure broad Uh, keywords on my own campaign right now for my business. And it is really freaking cool to see the way that some people search for things and it's stuff you would never have any idea about. So that is one method running a broad broad match campaign and looking at your search terms. But of course that costs money. And if there's not a reason to do it otherwise, then maybe just going to Google and doing searches. But Chris, that's how I find keywords. It's simple, but it works.
1: All right. And with that, we... Are gonna call it quits on the Q and A for right now, but they are still piling up in our inbox. Please keep that inbox full. We do read them. We will answer them. You can always at me. You know, Paid Search Pod on Twitter. There's that other bookface thing that nobody cares about, but Jason runs that, so nobody cares. So let's talk about something we do care about. Optio, as I mentioned at the top of the show, always happy to mention one of the coolest. Google AdWords tools out there, opteo.com slash PSP, extended six week trial. You've listened to the whole show. You've gotten tons of information. Why not get an additional tool to take your knowledge even further? Go check them out and we appreciate their sponsorship.
0: Yes, thank you, Chris. And I want to say thank you to Directive Consulting, Consulting DirectiveConsulting.com. They are the go-to B2B and enterprise search engine marketing agency. If you have a B2B campaign or an enterprise campaign out there and you want to get more leads from Google searches and better leads from Google searches, we recommend you all go to DirectiveConsulting.com and get a custom proposal.
1: That's our new trivia music. I don't think I'll remember it a week from now, but uh, that's what it sounds like. Please know. This week is my turn to ask Jason a question. So far, we are one and zero, Chris in the lead. So this could potentially change things around. Let's see how we go. Best you can do is a tie at this point. It is a true-false question. So you have a 50-50 chance. That's already in your favor. This is the first true-false we've done. If you choose your video ads to use limited inventory, then your ad will show on a video with moderate profanity used in a non-hateful, comedic, or artistic manner. True or false? False. Judges say... you got
0: it way to go that is correct and I, I, when you're limiting that inventory and you're still going to have curse words i didn't think that made sense Chris.
1: Yeah, there you go that's correct so for our listeners if uh you are not quite as versed as jason is on what limited inventory is there is a way to see a beautiful list of all the weird things that are on <laughs> on youtube nowadays and you can see a categorized table of what your ad can and cannot show based on your inventory choices. So if you're interested in seeing that, go to your all campaign settings and then click on account settings. That's where you will see the list uh, for your inventory type. And now this is only video ads, only YouTube, only display video, and then you can determine are you interested in showing ads on someone who uses profanity, but in a comedic way or in an artistic way? I want to see someone who uses the F word in an artistic way. That's I want to know what Google interprets artistic. (laughs) That that sounds super interesting. But with that, we want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sending in all those wonderful hundred dollar bill donations that we get every day. It's always helpful. Helps me pay my mortgage and helps Jason feed all of his puppies. We will be back in a week as we always are. We thank you for listening.